0: Great day. It's your day and today is tailor-made just for you. You're the legend. You are creating legacy and this whole weekend you can do whatever you want Dad. Your pastor said so. If you want to take a nap, come on, take a nap. How many of y'all like naps? Raise your hand if you like a good nap. Come on, everybody raise their hand. Come on. Not during church. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about. You can watch TV. My wife and I were having this discussion yesterday on the way to church and she said... You know, you get to do whatever you want every weekend. I said, that is not true. She said, well, what about the remote? You always have the remote. And I said, that's part of marriage. (laughs) That was a part of the agreement that we made when we made the covenant that I would be in control of the television and you would be in control of the thermostat. So uh, that's just the way it works. (laughs) How many marriages have been saved by dual control thermostats? We heard that this weekend. We've been. We, this whole weekend has been about guys. We had our strong one night on Friday. What an amazing night we had, just worshiping and celebrating God, and uh, just just great. I'm so excited. You know, it it is one of those days that we celebrate. I love Father's Day. Lots of different days. You know, there's been a. Uh, It seems like there's an increase in the number of days that we have to celebrate. You know, we've got Memorial Day. I love Memorial Day. Get a day off. I love President's Day, Martin Luther King Day, uh, Mother's Day. You don't want to ever miss Mother's Day. But I think that they're getting a little crazy with the days. Do you agree? I mean, Siblings Day. Okay, you didn't kill them. (laughs) Happy Siblings Day. Um, How about, I found a couple of them actually online. I, I thought these were kind of interesting. Veterans Day is a very important one. Just in case you were wondering, on March the 30th is turkey neck soup day. So make sure you post that on Instagram, happy turkey neck soup. I don't even, I mean, I don't think I've ever had turkey neck soup. And I, I don't even know if I want turkey neck soup. Just just saying. I mean, maybe you cook it real good, but uh, just go ahead and eat it yourself and enjoy it on March the 30th. Here's another one that I thought was really interesting. On January 20th is Penguin Awareness Day. I mean, come on, somebody's trying really too hard to create a day. And what does it mean to have awareness of penguins? I mean, what does that even mean? Well, today's Father's Day, I got some socks. I asked for socks, actually. I was running a little low, and so I said, my kids always ask me, what do you want for Father's Day? And I always say one thing. One thing is I don't want any arguments on Father's Day. I tell my kids, and I got it on my card. You can look at my Instagram. It says that we won't argue all day long. We usually travel on Father's Day. We usually head on vacation. And uh, in the Maxwell family, towards the end of the night, there seems to be a little contention. We have a little intense fellowship. But not on Father's Day. Not on Father's Day. Well, you know, we do face a unique strategy from the enemy in regards to the demasculinization of men. That was pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> that was a big word, <laughs> big word, but I did it. We do, th- there, there is a strategy from the enemy, and what I don't want to do is, t- today, I don't want to down men. I, I want to encourage you today. I want to lift you up. I don't want to tell you all that you're doing wrong. I want to undergird you, and as a church, we want to make sure that we represent as the men that God's called us to be. And in and, and the spirit of a father, you may, maybe you're not a dad anymore. Maybe your kids have gone, or or maybe you are not married yet. You're kind of somewhere in the middle there. Some of you have kids. We found out that one guy in the house he has six kids. Come on, somebody, that's that's pretty awesome. We need to pray for pray for him. I have three kids, not because I like kids, but because I like my wife. Just saying. That's a whole other message right there But I want to talk real quickly about the importance of fathers How important are fathers and their influence They did a study a few years back In the relationship between fathers and going to church Just simply I want to tell you how proud I am of you Because today is your day This is your weekend You can do whatever you want And you decided as a man to come to church Good job Good job Let me tell you how important that is in regards to your to your family. If both dad and mom attend regularly, 30% or 33% of their kids will attend church regularly. They'll they'll end up, that's one-third. If dad doesn't attend church, and mom does, only 2% of their kids will end up attending church regularly. Now check this out. This is crazy. This is crazy. If dad goes regularly, regardless of mom, whether she comes or doesn't go, over 66% of kids will attend church on a regular basis. That's that's powerful. Now, why is that? Well, in the study, they realized that the importance of a father's role in the church uh, or even in regards to their relationship with their kids because kids tend to identify with their mom domestically. In things regarding the home, tenderness, care. Uh, but when it comes to dad, they connect with their dad in concepts outside of the home. In other words, this is, what if God, this is what they said in the study. If dad takes God seriously, then the message to their family is that God should be taken seriously. Now, I accept that challenge. I was having a conversation on Friday with a friend of mine. Uh, We were playing golf and just kind of hanging out, and he just had a baby eight weeks ago. And I said, "So how's it going?" And he goes, "Well, I'm not getting a lot of sleep, and you know, we're not you know sure if my wife's going to go back to work." And I said, "But is it what you expected? You know, is it what you expected as a father?" And he goes, "You know, Troy, honestly, I was really nervous about being a dad." And I said, "Why?" I said, "Did you not have a good father?" He goes, "No, man, I had a great father." He goes, "But I didn't know that if I would be able." to To really step into the challenge, which is totally opposite of me, which I thought was really interesting because I grew up and I didn't have a good father. He didn't know, he didn't really, he wasn't raised with a good father and he did the best that he could, but he wasn't in my life. Many of you know my story, you know my history. And, and, and when I decided, when my, me and my wife decided to have children, I accepted this challenge. I, I like... I'm going to be the best dad I can be. I, I want to be the best man that I can be. And so I didn't shirk away from it. And, you know, we talked, and, and he now realizes the power. He's got a little girl. So I said, there's something different about a little girl. I'm going to tell you right now. Different than boys. You want to beat your boys up. You want to just hold your girls. And never, I don't ever want them. I, you know, all of my, my girls now have significant others. And, and, you know, I don't know if I want to kill their significant others right now or not. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but... Anyway, let let me tell you what Solomon said. Solomon was one of the wisest guys to ever live, richest and also the wisest man to have ever lived. And he said in regards to his relationship to his father, in Proverbs chapter 4, he said, Here, O children, and he's talking specifically to family, to to kids being raised, and he speaks to all of us. He says, Here, O children, the instruction of a father. Now, this is the wisest man on the planet telling us that we need to pay attention to what happens From the lips of our father. And pay attention and be willing to learn so that you may gain understanding and intelligent discernment. For I give you good doctrine. Do not turn away from my instruction. Listen to what he says in verse three. When I was a son with my father David, now David was one of the greatest kings to have ever lived, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, Bathsheba. He taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Notice what he says. Keep my commandments and, say it with me, live. So he says that there's life in the influence of a father. Now, let me just kind of help you dads, help you men, help you understand something when it comes to this. Because when I read this, I go, oh, my gosh. Like, wow, this is a lot of response. Life. Is is as a result of my influence. Like, I better not mess this up. I better not mess this mess this up. But let me let me let you in on something, and this is kind of where I want to go with this today. God's grace does the heavy lifting for us. I want to free you up, dads, to realize that it's God's grace that can do the heavy lifting for us. Now, early on, let me let me help you guys, especially if you are wanting to get married or you're newly married. Okay, you're newly married. When we first got married, I learned something very significant from my wife. My wife told me that vacuuming is very sexy. <laughs> now, you may say, say, well, that's not very important. Yes, it is. Because I learned how to vacuum a lot. And then when we had kids, I kept vacuuming, you know. And, and something interesting happened with my kids specifically is I would vacuum, and my my son started... Every one of them did this. And it also happened when I mowed the grass, when I did the grass as well, when I mowed the grass. She didn't tell me that part was sexy, but I did it anyway. And so so this happened with all my kids. When I would be vacuuming, or I would be mowing the grass, you know, pushing the mower, my, my son, as a little baby, as a little kid, would run up beside me, run up behind me, he would grab a hold of the mower, and he'd be looking at his mom, and he's looking up at me, and he goes... Daddy, daddy, look what I do. Look what I do. And I, I'd be pushing the, the vacuum cleaner, you know, and, I'm pushing the, and he'd come behind me and push, put his hand on the back of the vacuum. Daddy, look what I do. Look what I do. Look what I do. And I'm like, you're not doing anything. I'm doing all the work. And see, that's how we need to treat God's grace. Is we think that we're doing it all when in reality God is up there. And he's got a grace on your life. He's got a grace on your life. Everybody say, God's grace. grace. Come on, say it again. Say, "God's God's grace. Now, this is for anybody, by the way. This isn't just for men. I want you to understand, it's not just for men. It's for all of us. There is a grace for the seat that you sit in. There is a grace for the role that you occupy. There is a grace for everything you need in life. Listen to what Paul said. And he made this statement. I didn't put this verse on here. But verse 9 says, he says of himself, I'm the least of the apostles. Now, Tom, out. No, no, you're not the least of the apostles. Paul, you are the greatest of all the apostles. But in his humility, he was letting us know that I can't do this on my own. And he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Everybody say, God's God's grace. Men say God's grace. grace. His grace is on your life. His grace will do the heavy lifting for you. His grace will help you in your marriage. His grace will help you be a good husband. His grace will help you with a blended family. His grace will help you with those teenagers. And come on, we need some help. (laughs) Lord Jesus, help me. Please, God. His grace will do... The heavy lifting. But by God's grace, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. That doesn't mean we don't work hard. It doesn't mean we don't put effort in. It doesn't mean that we don't try. No, but by the grace of God. Come on, say it one more time. Say, God's grace. That was with me. Grace is not just so we can not have the effects of sin. I like to define grace as God doing for us what we don't deserve. God's mercy is God not doing to us what we do deserve. God's grace is, not do, is doing for us what we don't deserve. But even more, and let me just say this scripturally. Scripturally, there are more references to God's grace as empowerment than it is about Favor. There are more references to God's grace as an empowering factor, an empowering factor to keep you from sin, an empowering factor to help you in the seat that you sit in, an empowering factor to live out the anointing that's on your life. And dad, you are anointed to do what God has called you to do. And that's where I want to go today is I want to talk about what this grace looks like specifically in the role that we occupy, in the hats that we wear. I'm a hat guy. I like hats. I have a lot of hats. But I only have really one kind of hat. I have a golf hat. Now, this is my favorite hat right now. It's, it's the U.S. Open Pebble Beach hat. I've been fortunate enough to play Pebble Beach a few times, which is a bucket list, was a bucket list. And this weekend, which I will be watching as much as possible uh, because I'm in control of the television, <laughs> the U.S. Open, which is being played there today, all weekend long, I... I collect golf hats, and these are my hats. Like, I have probably 25 or 30 hats, and I get a hat from every golf course that I play because I want to remember the golf course that I played. Hats kind of give us an idea of the identity of the person. And ladies, let me help you out. Let me just help you out with something with with hats, okay? Hats to guys are like yoga pants for girls. Let me just explain what I'm talking about. Yoga pants are, I didn't take a shower today, I'm out the door. My wife told me all this. I I didn't get this on my own, by the way. And don't look at me like that's not true. Yoga pants are, I got to go to the store, Um, I didn't take a bath, my kids spit up on me, I'm just going to put some yoga pants on. Okay, that's just the way it works. I mean, that's the same thing with hats. Hats are, I didn't take a shower today, I didn't comb my hair, I'll just put a hat on. Okay, Or, I'm losing my hair, I put a hat on. <laughs> or in some cases around, I don't have any, I put a hat on. But you know, you identify people by the hats that they wear. If you see a guy with a veteran's hat on, you kind of want to salute him. You want to you just shake his hand and just tell him how great he is because of his sacrifice for our country. How amazing he is for the, for the things that he did. If we see a guy with a, with a fireman's hat on, you know that he's tough. There's something about him. If, if you see a guy with an army hat on or a navy hat or an air force hat, you realize that there's something special about that person. My, dad, my grandfather used to wear a railroad conductor's hat because you know, when he put that hat on, he changed. Like He was a different kind of person. I want to talk today really quickly about three hats that fathers wear. Three hats that fathers wear. Now, this is not limited. I'm not saying that these are the only three hats. But these are the ones that I believe in regards to fighting against this strategic attack from the enemy. I think these are two areas that we need to lean into God's grace in for our lives when it comes to us as dads, as men. But really all of us can fall into the line of what God's speaking to us through this today. So my my prayer today is that you will hear God's voice within my voice for your life. The first hat, and don't look at all of them, maybe it's just one of them you need to work on, is the captain's hat. The captain's hat. I would put it on right now, but I look like one of the village people, so I'm not going to do it. Y-M-C-A. Y-M-C-A. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are uh, under the age of 35. I'll put it on real quick. There it is. Captain's hat. All right. Y, Y, Why? come on, help me. M, C, A, A, you can have a time. All right. <laughs> That's bad. Sorry. Sorry about that. All right, come on. Let's get back to the Bible. <laughs> captain's hat. The captain's hat. I, uh, I'm going to get on a plane this afternoon, and uh, captains uh, are, are, they're, they're leaders. They, they represent the leader, the quiet leader. Good captains are quiet. They, 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 they walk with a c- certain confidence. There's something about them that makes you want to follow, right? Captains of ships. You don't really see them a whole lot. They're in the background. Matter of fact, if you ever get on a plane, if you fly often... It's kind of interesting, if you think about this, you never really meet the person who is responsible for your life at 30,000 feet, which is a little scary, to be honest with you. So I've developed a little bit of a test as I fly uh, quite often on how to determine whether the guy is okay. Not that I can do anything about it, but it brings some type of assurance to me. When when I'm in my seat, I always, you know, when they do all the stuff about, you know, if your mask comes down, all that stuff. You kind of pay attention a little bit. You kind of know what's going on. But then when the ca- and it's interesting to me that the captain doesn't talk until after you've taken off most of the time. Unless there's a problem. If there's a problem, he's going to come on. And, and if you don't do this, I want to, I want to ask, you might want to start doing this. I interview them by the way their voice sounds. I'm listening to their voice to see if they have the experience to fly me at 30,000 feet because I'm in a tube with two little wings, and they're flying me, like flying me. It kind of reminds me of a story of Bubba. You know, the, the, the epitome of the redneck was on a plane one day, and uh, this is based on a true story. No, it's not. <laughs> Can I just have some fun today? Is that all right? Have a little fun? All right. So Bubba gets on this plane, and you know, he's, they take off, and they're flying along, and all of a sudden, he hears this, boom, this, this explosion goes off, and he looks out the side, and one of the engines blows up. Captain comes over, The I just want to excuse me, everybody, so sorry, um, but one of our engines has blown up, but hey, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, we've got three other engines, you'll be safe, you'll be safe. He, he, he keeps on going, and... And flight keeps, it's probably going to be about 40 minutes late to the destination, but everything's going to be all right. Then all of a sudden, about 15 minutes into the flight, another, boom, blows up, blows up. And he looks out the window, it's, you know, flaming and everything. captain comes, hey, don't worry about it, everything's okay, everything's all right, don't worry about it, we've got two other engines on the plane, everything's, we're probably going to be about, maybe about an hour late to our destination, but everything's going to be okay. About another 10 minutes later, boom, another one blows up. Another one blows up. Bubba turns over and looks over at the person sitting next to him, and he says, man, if, a, if, we, if we lose another one of these engines, we're never going to get there. <laughs> anyway, you'll get that later. That's, you'll get that later. First thing I want you to know about captains is they're responsible. Everybody say responsible. They're responsible. They're responsible for the people under their care. They're, they, they go down with the ship. Matter of fact, there's a maritime tradition that captains, sea captains, will ultimately hold the responsibility and make sure that everyone on the ship gets off before he does. And if that means to his death, then he'll take the ship to the death. A father's role is responsibility, response, ability. I find that us as dads, we need to know how to respond to situations, And it's ultimately our responsibility to lead our family through the tough circumstances, the tough challenges. Our kids, our spouses, they look to us on how we're going to respond to something. So in essence, we have this response ability. And so Paul said this in 1 Corinthians. and Let me caution you men on pulling this verse out. This is not one you want to just throw out there every now and all the time, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Now, guys, if you're not married, newly married, those of you all that have been married for a while, you know this is not one of those verses that you quote on a regular basis. <laughs> because you'll be coming over my house to sleep on the couch. Let me tell you what ladies want. Ladies want this lived, not read. They want this lived. My wife tells me that women are looking for leaders. They're looking for people that will be responsible in their life. And so there's an order God sets into play. And I realize as a dad that ultimately I am the one that is responsible for my family. I am. Not my wife. Not my kids, not the church, not their Christian school. I'm responsible. I'm going to stand before God and be held accountable for my family, not my wife. The second thing that I want you to know about uh, captains or, or fathers is they make the tough decisions. we got to make some tough decisions, dads. Sometimes it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to go against the flow. You know, there's a big difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, the peacemakers. He doesn't say peacekeepers. There's a big difference. I think the biggest difference between the two is a peacekeeper avoids conflict for the sake of peace. A peacemaker leans into conflict so that on the other side of it, peace will exist for a longer period of time. And so sometimes, Dad, you're going to have to step up and say some things And do some things that are going to go against the flow. It reminds me of Captain Noah in the Bible. Genesis chapter 11. God gives this command to Noah. He's 600 years old, guys. 600. He's not thinking about building a boat. He's thinking about golfing in Miami. He's thinking about retirement. 600 years old. God commands him, hey, I want you to build a boat. I want you to build a boat. All the animals are going to come to you. You can imagine the opposition that he faced externally and internally. Think about the opposition that he faced externally. The Bible tells us that the the generation that he lived in was an evil generation. Sounds a lot like what we're living in right now where there's a lot of attack on Christian values. And sometimes God's going to ask you to build something that's going to go counterintuitive to what pop culture is telling you to do. And so you've got to have the strength, the leadership to be the one that's going to make those tough decisions. So he builds a boat, they'll go into the boat. You know his family wasn't happy about that. I know it looks really good in the Bible, but the truth is, is you know, his kids were like, you mean we've got to build a boat and we've got all these animals and we've got to take care of them, we've got to do this and that? Yeah, we've got to save the world. But they didn't understand that. Only Noah really caught that. They, got a, they had a secondhand revelation of that. And so sometimes, dads, we're going to have to make The very, very tough decisions. And that's why God told Noah this. He said, then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household. Because I have seen that you are righteous before me. You're righteous. You are in right standing. Here's the second hat that I believe dads need to wear. is the coach's hat. The coach's hat. Got to wear the coach's hat. Coaches, I think the, the thing that I love about coaches is coaches train. They equip. They have a a voice into the lives of potential. They see potential. They notice potential. They work toward good coaches, intense coaches. And there's all kinds of different coaches. There's quiet coaches. there's, There's intense coaches. There's yelling coaches. There's whispering coaches. I mean, there's all kinds of different styles of coaching. But what God wants us to do as coaches is he wants us really to shepherd people. And Jesus gives us a great example on what it looks like to shepherd. And he says this in John chapter 10. He says, and he gives us a whole analogy on his role as a shepherd or as a coach. He says, he says and when he brings out his own sheep, his own, he takes ownership of them. They're his. He goes before them. In other words, he walks ahead of them. He's the one that's going to that's gonna do things before them. I think one of the things I learned early on as a leader of a church is you can't ask somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And so, so Jesus goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know his voice. My, my friend Blake Udaly, who uh, was one of my great friends in Richmond, we went to church together. He had uh, three kids that were a little bit older than mine. And there's something unique about this. It says, for they know his voice. Um, Coaches have a voice that that is unique, and no matter how big their arena is, it seems like that coaches have a voice that players can pick out in the middle of the crowd. And I think this is how dads need to be. So my friend Blake, whenever we would go shopping, like in Target or Walmart or any of those places, he had this noise, I can't do it, this noise that he could make with his mouth, like clicking noise. And it was the craziest thing, because him and I would be hanging out, walking around Walmart, you know, because when you go into Walmart with your family, everybody goes, whoosh, they just all disappear in the different parts, you know. Some are over here, some are over there, over there. So we're in this huge store, and all of a sudden, Blake starts making this clicking noise with his mouth, clicking. It's like loud, and it's distinct. And he'd do it like three or four times, and by the time he get to the fourth or fifth time, his whole family would be drawing towards him. They would be coming out of this way, and over here, and that's exactly what I believe J- Jesus is saying is that listen, a good coach, a good shepherd, a good dad is gonna have a distinct voice into the life of his family. So that they know his voice. That they they are drawn to his voice. No matter what situation they're in, his voice gives the, the inflection of peace and surety and confidence. Like it's okay, everything's gonna be alright. When you say that, that it, coach. It's like uh, uh, somebody told me that, that Dean Smith one time, they, they, they kind of had this, whether you're a Duke fan or North Carolina fan, don't get upset with me, I'm neither. I'm Switzerland in this, so it doesn't make any difference. I'm just giving you the story. They were in this huge game, final four, uh, actually final two, NCAA championship. It was really close, right at the end, a few seconds left, and all the players are around Dean, and they're leaning in because they want to get the play. And, and Dean Smith looks around at him, he goes, man, isn't this fun? And what he was doing with his voice, with his influence, with his leadership, with his shepherding, he brought them all back to why they do what they do in the first place. With a love and tenderness, as a coach can do. And so dads, as coaches, we, we lean into the potential That God has for us. And here's what the Bible says in Ephesians. It says, Fathers, don't exasperate or provoke your children by coming down hard on them. No, it says, take them by the hand and lead them in the way of a maker. How how do you how do you become a good coach? Let me just give you one simple tool. Know the Bible. Because the Bible has authority when we don't feel like we do. The Bible has strong authority. You, you, don't, you don't have to yell the Bible. You, 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 don't have to, you don't have to opinionate the Bible. The Scripture itself has the authority to shape life. The truth will make you free. Period. You, you don't have to add anything to that. You don't have to separate anything out of that. It just the truth will set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The Word of God frames what we live in. It's what upholds the planets. It's it's what shaped the universe by the Word of God. And when we speak that Word, the Bible even tells us God told Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, He said, when you're awake, when you're walking, when you're lying down, at any moment in your life, make sure that you're teaching the Word of God. You know what else makes a good coach? Good assistant coaches. A coach always knows how to surround himself with, assistant co- with a good team of leadership around them. Let me tell you, got Freedom House, men, you've got a good team. You've got one of the best children's ministries on the planet that is your assistant coach. Freedom House kids is awesome. They are, they are the best. They do it. They, they are, they, They're not babysitting your kids in there. You know what they're doing? They're teaching your kids the Word of God. Babies all the way up. Through through vertical, phenomenal leaders teaching your kids the word of God. So you got you got a, you got some help? Come on, everybody say God's grace. God's grace. Here's the last thing I want you to know is the hard hat. The hard hat. The hard hat is the protector hat. The prote- I can wear this one. It just it makes me feel like I'm gonna do something. I'm not gonna do anything, but it makes me feel like. I can accomplish something with this bad boy on. The hard hat speaks of protection. It it, it speaks of the tough outer that we need to have. It protects the vulnerable part of our our life, of our our head. You know, you go into a job site, you go into a construction site, you see somebody with a hard hat on, that you know that there's some strength that you know. But here's the thing that I want to kind of look at this from a different perspective today. Because, listen, it's okay to wear your hard hat on the job site, but it's not okay to wear your hard hat at the kitchen table. This is not a popular subject with guys. Is the, the art of surrender, which we learned on Friday as men. The art of vulnerability. The, the You know what? I know I need to be firm in the office. I need to make decisions. I need to lead in the office. I need to lead where I need to lead. But there are oftentimes more than the hard times where we need to set down our hat, our hardness, and, and that hard outer shell and realize that our family needs some vulnerability, some honesty to open up our heart to our wife, our kids. Sometimes it even means repenting and saying I'm sorry. I learned something early on in marriage with my kids, you know, because sometimes you do get in a little argument, a little tiff with your wife, and and, and you're never supposed to do it in front of your kids, but it happens. Let's be honest, it happens. But if you don't repent in front of your kids, they never know that it was resolved. And so... I found that the best thing that I can do as a father, as a dad, as a man, is lead the way in repentance. Which means that sometimes I got to take, I got, I got to, I really got to take this and put this on. I got, I got to take this off. I mean, I got, I got to realize that, yeah, I got to have that hard outer shell, but inside, I got to be soft. In, in Proverbs, Solomon tells us, "Insincere talk that hides." What you are really thinking is like fine glaze on a cheap clay pot. I don't want to be a cheap clay pot. So, whether it's in the area of being a captain, a leader, a coach, the shepherd, or maybe just in our vulnerability, we've got to step out and do something. You know, Jesus wore a hat for us, it's called the crown of thorns. So that we wouldn't have to suffer for our sin And so I want to leave you with this last thought Men, dads You must put on the new self Which is created in God's likeness And reveals itself in the true life That is upright and holy Put on on the true the, The new person that God has called you Full of grace Full of mercy God's grace will do the heavy lifting for you God's grace will make up where we feel like we're unqualified. Because let's be honest. Let's be honest. There's many times in our life where we feel unqualified as dads. I don't know how to do this. God's grace. I don't know what's going to become of this. Lean into God's grace. Just put your hand on the back of the vacuum cleaner and go and I can do it with you, daddy. Never without you in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand up with me today? Bow your head and close your eyes, if you could, all across this room. And if you're watching online, just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are. I just want to invite you into a new relationship. Or maybe a rededication of your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here today as a dad, and you're a great captain, but you haven't really led yourself in that relationship. Maybe you're a great coach and you've got a disciplined team but maybe you lack some discipline or maybe you're a great protector but you've created so much of protection for yourself you're you're good at fixing but you're not a good feeler. Let me tell you God's grace will come and heal those areas. You are not the hat that you wear you're what God created you to be And if you'll put on the new self, if you'll ask God to come in fresh, maybe for the first time, maybe today you're in this place and you've never given Jesus your heart. You've never given, made him the Lord of your life. You've never, you never said yes to him, fully surrendered to him. Or maybe you did in the past, but you know you're not living right. And you know that there's some areas you need to repent in. Come on, man up today. Man up and go, I I, I messed up. I, I, I made some mistakes. But God's grace, but God's grace, let his grace do the heavy lifting for you today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you said, I want to start a brand new relationship, even online, if you say, I want to recommit my life, I'm going to count the three. When I get to three, just raise your hand, just so I know who I'm praying for today. You ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand if you say, that's me. Thank you. This is for anybody, man or woman, Anybody. Just raise your hand. I see hands all over. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being honest with God today. Hands all over the room. If you raised your hand, you wanted to raise your hand, I, I want you to pray this out loud. Church, join with them as they make this declaration over their life. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that His blood washes me of all my sins and all my mistakes. Today, I begin a brand new relationship with Jesus Christ today I decide to surrender my life to God I'll serve you I'll worship you all the days of my life in Jesus name and everybody shouted amen come on give him some praise today